This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. So many interesting things to talk about. One thing we talked about on previous episodes of this discussion was the MPI. All right, explain what right. that is to folks. So the Narcissistic Personality Inventory. NPI, NPI that's yeah. right. Is yeah. not a diagnostic instrument for narcissistic personality, despite its name. It's very simple. It's very simple. Yeah. It just gives some traits. And so there's been some study into that. When they do research on people to see if they have a tendency to have narcissism, they use that. But that's not how you diagnose people with narcissism. Not official. Okay. So um, they studied politicians and compared them to clergy, um, to college professors, and then to librarians mm-hmm. to see if there was a difference in the number of, uh, of points they would score on this personality inventory. And, and in fact, politicians in general scored higher um, than the other three groups. But it really was mainly higher in one category. And so the category was part of the uh, the questionnaire has to do with, with taking – uh, control of a situation or authority, and the other is self-sufficiency. And then there's other parts that are like on vanity and exhibitionism and, yeah. you know, the other Trump things. I mean, the other things. Oh, so. <clears throat> so the, uh, but most politicians scored higher on the self-sufficiency and authority part and not on all the other parts. So mm. it really didn't show that they were narcissists. It just showed that they're people who kind of take charge, which is kind of what you that want. That kind of makes someone. sense. Yeah. yeah. So it really wasn't, it, it wasn't that earth-shattering of a study. Yeah. I think we get a little um, skewed in our view of politicians and think they're all narcissists because we see the one – the narcissists are the ones that make it to the headlines. No. Okay, because they're the ones that have the affairs. They're the ones that make the bold statements that offend people. They're the ones that the media puts on the TV because they're the ones that get ratings. Yeah. And so we get skewed as – I think as, as a population and think that everybody in politics is narcissistic. And I think we can – our listeners certainly uh, we i don't think we've had a, enough time with these candidates uh, these individuals but i think my take home is that you know these are people who care about their country these are people who are getting into politics because they want to make a change in something they think's broken these are people who aren't going into it for money and we're fighting uphill battles and 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 against uh and you know very difficult odds but said hey i want to do something to make a difference to me, this is the kind of person that represents the people of the United States, right. not the ones that end up on TV. So anyway, so I had uh, – I didn't have McConnell take it. I actually didn't have connection with him. You guys brought him in. Right. But David Putman, I gave the MPI, and he, he took the test. I thought it was courageous of him to do that. And yeah. let's go back and still remember running. that I scored a 16, so which is like – So scored a 16, which is like – Completely average. average and two points below the average of a uh, public personality. Of a celebrity. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Which I'm not considering myself, right. but I, my, all my jobs are public jobs. Yes. Reed, Reed scored, scored crazy low with crazy like an eight. Crazy low. Was like it an eight? eight? I think that yeah. actually was a little high for me. It may have been lower than that. Whatever. And I was even lower. I was like a four. That's right. I think I was a six. Yeah. yeah. So, but, yeah, blue you know, but, but, you know, yeah, anyway, I'm a listener anyway. and I don't like, anyway. So, <laughs> David scored a 19. Oh. And I looked at his score and sure enough, his highest score was under authority. Seven of his 19 points were under the authority. Yeah. Three more were under self-sufficiency. So 10 mm-hmm. out of 19 were authority and sufficiency. All the other scores, ex- exhibitionism, a one, uh, entitlement, a two, vanity, a zero. So you can see how it's skewed towards authority and self-sufficiency, just like we talked about for most politicians. 
yeah. score high because there's someone who wants to go in and take charge. And I you mean, don't want exhibitionism as part of your – that's how you get the Anthony Weiner picks. So, that's, you know, <laughs> right. that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Or Trump. Yeah. Or Trump. And yeah. that makes perfect right. sense for totally. David Putman because, of course, he's a retired lieutenant from the Army. So that all that stuff plays right in line. Right. I yeah. think. Totally fits. Fits exactly the – interesting, he's exactly the score, the average score of the politicians that they scored – in the study, they you know thousands of politicians, yeah. and they scored about a nineteen. I know average. we guessed that Trump would score like a hundred. Do we actually know? Has I don't know. I don't know if he's been bold enough to take it. I wonder if we could. Um, all right, here's an interesting question that comes in from Mama Dubs. Who do you think would be affected more by a libertarian vote, Hillary or Trump? I, I would assume mm. Trump, right? Only because like those people, That's that party, people question. are just like, I'll do anything. Who <laughs> give me any option? I don't know. You guys have an opinion on that? Who would be more adversely be more affected? Adversely, yeah, affected, adversely affected, affected it would be Trump. Absolutely. You would think so, yeah. yeah. Because I think most libertarians think of themselves as conservatives, uh, first and foremost, before the, the social aspect. Only fiscally, yeah, because obviously libertarians are very social. Which, liberal. once again, it's I think— do as you do, kind of. Yeah, you know. and I think this narrative has been created that the Republicans are the party of— uh, you know, fiscal conservation. Even though I don't know that that's really accurate. But well, I agree. They're not. No. They're not. But that's. I think if you were going to have to ask which party is going to be more careful with money, people would think it's the Republicans. Right. But I think the reality is, yeah. is neither. That's the problem. Right. The, and the it, deficit keeps going up with both parties. It, yeah. it doesn't matter who's in. That's the problem. Is neither are fiscally conservative. Right. And I think when you think about uh, the isolationist, you know, idea that Trump certainly has trumpeted, you know, with the whole building a wall and things of that nature, I think you might find libertarians who on some levels, you know, would maybe relate to that. I don't know. So I've got a question for you guys. So what personality traits, I want to ask each of you this, do you think you possess that make you, would make you a good leader? Hmm. That's an interesting question. David, what do you think? Well, I talked about that I went to law school, uh, have an engineering degree also, and a long history of working in big companies and small companies. I view myself as an absolute problem solver. That's my strongest trait. You give me a challenge, and I'll figure out how to make it work. I have ideas for tackling a lot of the big issues facing this country, and whether or not you could one individual could go to Congress and Make a headway is a big challenge, but somebody needs to go up there and take a different look at the way things are being done. So my strongest trait is problem solving. And, you know, my concern is if you were to be elected, and this goes for Jonathan as well, I mean, what what are you going to do to not be influenced like apparently every other elected official is by – big interest and big money i mean you're a normal person you like yachts right <laughs> <laughs> yeah you like money and yachts i mean I, I don't understand it just seems like anyone who is being elected it then is like oh this is what i have to vote for oh gotcha kind of deal you may have seen a program on 60 minutes not too long ago where they announced or made known that everybody who gets elected has to go spend time in their their headquarters corporate headquarters Every day, making phone calls, they have quotas of money they've got to raise, and they can't even go have a good lunch. They got to go raise money. Yeah. You know, this reminds me. One of my favorite uh, 
quotes is Douglas Adams, I think, said that anyone who's capable of having himself made president of the country should under no circumstances be allowed to hold that office. And it does raise this interesting problem that we have where what it takes to become a political leader is you know, possibly contrary to what we want out of our political leaders. Yeah. Um, and it is a weird spot to be in. Naturally, lots of questions coming in now on Twitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jonathan, two things for you. One, are you going to run again ever, do you think? Uh, I might. Uh, it comes down to where we are as a country. You know, like I, to me, I, I think that we're at a pivotal point right now in this country to where, you know, what what at what point does China start calling our, our bluff on our debt? Right. Is it twenty two trillion? Is it twenty? I've heard twenty four trillion, but at this rate that we're going on right now, how long does it take us to get there? We're at nineteen trillion right now. It's June. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, December, Christmas, Christmas. Yeah. So, um, Merry you know, Christmas. If we get to the point of where, um, you know, I think if we're not too far gone, I mean, then then I will, you know, if I think that it's salvageable, which I, I do think it is, with some drastic cuts, uh, then then I would. Yeah. Um, the other question was, Senator Shelby ran a very dirty campaign against you and called you all kinds of names and stuff. Did you consider? Coming back at him ever because you kept it clean on your side and for the most part just basically spoke for yourself. Um, what was the thought process there of like not running attack ads against him? You know, I, to me, uh, when he started running those ads, I laughed uh, for probably about two or three days straight. Uh, one, being a Marine, like you call me anything in the book, I'm probably going to find it pretty funny. Uh, and, you know, the one thing I kept saying out on the trail is that, you know, when he hits, he hits like an 82-year-old. Wouldn't you rather a guy who's 34 in there hitting for you? Um, and so, no, I mean, like, you know, to me, I think we should have focused on the issues. Right. And that's what I was trying to do. That's well, like what any, been, common, you know, any person with common sense would. You know, he, uh, he accused us of attacking him and, you know, pretty early, and, and you know, which I attacked him if, if facts are attacking him. And, you know, the fact that, hey, you take a ton of money from lobbyists. You have become extremely wealthy while you're in office because you bought property around the University of Alabama and then expanded the campus that way. I don't know. I, I just call that the truth. But, you know, like it's uh, – some people are very sensitive. I think that, you know, one of the characteristics that we were talking about, uh, you know, I, to me, I think that that maybe gave me a, an advantage was the fact that I could – you know, as long as my dog, my grandmother, and my nieces still like – and my mom still like me, like I could care less who doesn't like me. Uh, especially if it's if it's you know a politician, and at least two of those can vote. That you yeah. mentioned. Yeah. 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 So, what do you think is your strongest personality trait to make you a good leader? You know, I, I think moral courage is. I, I think that you know when you What'd have you the moral courage. So okay. when you have like uh, you know integrity, you know, it would be one thing. But if you're willing to stand up against you know the the Republican establishment right. is just as evil as the Democrat establishment as I you know to me. You know, to me, I don't want someone who, you know, Shelby said he was going to fight Obama every single day. I want someone who's going to fight Mitch McConnell every day. Yeah. Like, we need somebody who's going to get up there and just whip all of their butts because they all need to be thrown out. And Look I at just, the direction of this country. Yeah, and I want to mention something really quickly. Uh, and I think we've talked about it before, Dr. Westfall, on the show. But um, the the issue you just raised there is an interesting one. People are, are fed up with the establishment and concerned about the state of that. But I read an interesting David Brooks article not long ago called The uh, Governing Cancer of Our Time in the New York Times. And it's a very interesting look at, at some of the problems that also come about when when you wind up electing people who are who are not – 
you know, um, that don't know like the way the game works. And so it's almost like it's a, it's a catch 22. If you're experienced, it's a problem. If you're inexperienced, it's a problem. Like, Oh my gosh, what are we doing here? Um, and of course, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's interesting. You are two guys who are inexperienced politically. Um, and talking to you, like Dr. Westfall says, I, you know, I've got a lot of confidence in, in you personally, but what do we do with this problem? Yeah. They're inexperienced politically, but they sound to me like to be very experienced leaders. Right. I agree. And why can't we get more people who are experienced in, in, problem-solving, caring, morally-bound leaders. And who have integrity. Yeah, right, like, into office. Like Jonathan why, said. Yeah. Why, right. why can't we do that? Well, I mean, just to point out, the Richard Shelby was definitely a leader. I mean, I remember uh, reading books about him during the Civil War, leading, like, legions that never <laughs> Mike Brown tweets in. There's so many tweets. I hate that we're out of time. But Mike Brown tweets in right now and says, um, Richard Shelby is the perfect example of why term limits are needed. I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Thank you guys so much, uh, Dr. Mark Westfall. Sure. To listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio, 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com, or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter at Lockamy Brothers.